We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Patton. Jason, the trade deadline has passed, and after much speculation, the Chicago Bulls decided to do absolutely nothing. The Bulls sitting out the trade deadline fireworks on Thursday. Many of the teams above them and below them in the standings got better. The Bulls did not make a move. I thought it was pretty disappointing for the Bulls to not at least try to improve the roster around the margins, specifically in terms of the backup center, maybe getting another able body who could play the four. But ultimately, the Bulls decided that there was not a move on the table that they were willing to make. They retain the Portland first-round pick that's lottery-protected, will not convey this year. We'll see if that ever conveys. I believe it's protected until 2027 or 2028. The Bulls don't have a ton of other ammo at their disposal in terms of uh, avenues to improve the team. They could have traded Kobe White. They could have traded Patrick Williams. Both of those guys are here. So now what the Bulls are doing, Jace, is just trying to get healthy for the stretch run. Uh, It's a little disappointing, I think, but... The Bulls, when healthy, are really good. So I could talk myself into it, too. You just look around the rest of the East, and man, everyone else seemed to get a lot better. Yeah, I mean, obviously, big news of the day. James Harden does end up getting traded for Ben Simmons. We were all expecting it to happen at this point. There was just too much smoke out there for it not to happen. Now I just read a headline that said Kyrie Irving wanted James Harden to get traded, which is just hilarious. I'll have to read that story at some point. But yeah, disappointing, I think, is the right word. I'm not, like mad which i tried to say this on twitter like i'm not like super upset about them like not making i I guess i wasn't expecting a big move in general just there was nothing shaping up that way and i know the vooch trade kind of came out of nowhere last year but i mean just coming into today there was like just no just no buzz about the bulls making any moves uh big or small and it turns i mean i haven't even seen any reporting I haven't read enough yet of anything else about them, even like being close to anything or like 
really even being that many talks. Like you mentioned, getting healthy is, was the name of the game for this AK presser with the media right afterwards. He said, oh, we like our team. We think we're really good when we're healthy. We're going to get those guys back healthy. I, uh, I made the joke about how it was kind of a Garpax like presser. Not, do not want to compare them totally to Garpax because they've built a really good team here. They're much better than a lot of the teams the Bulls have had in recent years. But it just reminded me of, I, and I found this, I tweeted this as well. The Mike Dunleavy headline from like five or six years ago was like, Bulls are going to treat Mike Dunleavy as their big trade de- deadline acquisition. Obviously, Lonzo Ball, Alex Crusoe, Pat Williams, Derek Jones Jr. is a bunch of guys to be getting back. We'll make the team much better. We've talked about how losing those guys has completely gutted their identity on the defensive end. But it still was disappointing to not do anything. I thought they were at least going to do something. I know you talked about you, your like whole thing was that you thought they were going to make it maybe a sizable move. I Like I said, I wasn't really expecting anything big. I thought they were going to do something. I thought maybe they'd trade Troy Brown Jr. I thought maybe they'd use the Daniel Tice trade exception. Hopefully that hopefully that doesn't turn into the Kyle Corbett trade exception that they don't use. Uh, they, maybe use – they had the first-round pick to use. Maybe trade Kobe White for, a big, for an upgrade in the front court, although I do understand the hesitation there because they have no healthy guards right now, so trading Kobe would have been tough, so I get it. So, yeah, to hear the – you know, we're we, like we're getting all these guys back. We're going to be fine. I understand the Bulls are really good. We we have hyped this team earlier in the year when they were good, but we also do know that they are still they do still have some pretty big flaws in terms of the front court, rebounding, defending bigger guys, um, and like to expect Patrick Williams to come back and be like a huge impact player after missing all this time. I think is a big mistake. He wasn't really doing that much when he was healthy. And that's not anything to say about Patrick Williams as a long-term player. That's talking about this year. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Lonzo's coming back from knee surgery. How good will he be? Well, like we'll see. Caruso has a really scary injury. Like, like I get it. They, they will, they should be much better for sure when these get these guys back, but they are coming back from long-term injuries. So we'll see how good they can be. We'll see what the Bulls do on the on the buyout market. And we did have a, a good comment here from Daniel. A lot of the hype is is there's all, often a lot of hype about the buyout market that often fizzles with these guys are on the buyout market for a reason. We'll see what happens there. If we've seen names like Paul Millsap and Tristan Thompson, we'll see if Dennis Schroeder gets bought out. We talked about Dennis Schroeder as a possible trade candidate. He got traded to the to the Rockets. I can't imagine they want him at all. Uh, we'll see about him. I think I saw the Rockets already waived DJ Augustine. Like, do they try to bring him back for like a guard? Because I mean, right now the Bulls bench is just terrible. They're playing Matt Thomas, Tony Bradley, Malcolm Hill, Alfonso McKinney, big minutes. So yeah, I think just with the way the roster is now, very disappointed they didn't make an upgrade. We saw Torrey Craig, another guy who got traded to back to the Suns today. We talked about him as an option. It would have been nice to see them make a couple moves on the margin. Disappointing for sure. Not super mad because I do like the team. Uh, when they are healthy, but again, it is tough to just bank on that, especially just given the long-term nature of these injuries. Yeah, I do think they're going to get a couple guys in the buyout market. I agree that the buyouts, buyout markets typically fools gold. I think that there are some decent names on there this year, especially guys who could help you over the next month while Ball and Crusoe are out. I think if you could get someone to take Matt freaking Thomas out of the rotation, that would be huge. Uh, they just need more able bodies, really, while Ball and Crusoe are out. Uh, in terms of like contending at the top of the league in the playoffs, now it's like, can the Bulls stay out of the play-in tournament? I think that that's going to be my big question for the rest of the regular season because the teams below them in the East got better. Like Boston's the seventh seed. I think they're three and a half games behind the Bulls right now. 
And they improved pretty significantly today, in my opinion, getting Derek White, getting Daniel Tice, improving their depth, improving their defense. These are big things. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that works out for them. I, I don't know if, uh, if Udoka's that good of a coach. I don't know how Tatum and Brown are going to be able to, uh, you know, I mean, coexist. they've been killing it lately. They look yeah. really, they've been one of the more dominant teams in the East lately. They, I mean, their big problem early in the year was just they couldn't close games. And we saw them blow games, uh, blow that big lead against the Bulls. They blew a ton of big leads lately. That they've just been beating the shit out of people uh, and adding depth. Like their starting lineup's been really good. They're turning into a somewhat scary team to face for sure. So yeah, now and you, and you mentioned other teams, the Hornets. We got a comment here from uh, about Charlotte getting Montrezl Harrell for very little. Uh, the Raptors got Thad Young. They tra- traded Dragic for Thad. So I'm mean, good for Thad to get to a better situation there. And the Raptors have been killing it. The Wizards, Porzingis. Uh, Dinwiddie, all that trade is really weird. Bradley Beal's after the year. I'm not worried about the Wizards, but very strange. Sure, there. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of these teams made moves around the Bulls, and the Bulls did not do anything. Again, just banking on guys getting healthy. So they're going to have to. These next few games going to the deadline are huge. You got to beat these bum teams. Give yourselves bank these wins because then once the schedule gets tar- tougher again, it's going to be hard to beat good teams with the way the roster is right now, unless they somehow get some good guys in the buyout market. So we'll see. Yeah, I think the the Raptors got better too. Like right now, the Bulls will be playing the Raptors in the first round. That would be a tough series. I would expect the Bulls to be able to win that series. But we know their individual matchups against the Raptors have been really tough all season. Now they're adding Fad Young. So uh, I even like what the Cavs did, getting Levert. A lot of people don't like that deal, but Levert is able to put the ball on the floor and create some offense, which is something that Cleveland desperately lacked. Now, Levert's not that good of an outside shooter, but they do have sort of the defensive infrastructure to hide his lack of defense there. So while the Nets are waving DeAndre Bembry, I wonder if that's a name the Bulls will look at on the buyout market. I do think this is going to be a stronger buyout market than normal. Uh, Like Houston in particular just doesn't really have much use for a bunch of guys. So uh, now you got Bembry on there. I'd be good with the Bulls getting him for sure. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the Bulls are going to have to hit this buyout market hard, which I do typically think is fool's gold. But this year, it's really their only avenue of improving the team now. So, uh, Jace, I think the big goal for the Bulls is to stay out of the play-in tournament and get the best seeding possible because this team was, you know, in or around the number one seed for the vast majority of the year before Grayson Allen did his dirty deed and injured Caruso. And since then, you know, every game's been a shootout. The Bulls are just having to score 130 points a game to have a chance at winning. And I do think their path through the playoffs got tougher today, given what everyone else in the conference did at the trade deadline. These games that seem meaningless right now, because how much can you really take away from them without Caruso and Ball? They really do carry a lot of meaning just in terms of the eventual playoff matchups and the seeding for when shit starts to get real in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you got to win these games. I mean, uh, coming up, you got the Timberwolves will be tough. I think tomorrow. And then I think what they got like the thunder, they got like, a bunch of home games coming up. I'd have to pull up their schedule, but they have a bunch of home games coming up, going into the trade to, or into the all-star break. And I feel like you still have enough talent here where you should be able to outscore these teams and you got to, win these games well let me pull up the schedule right now so we got timberwolves at home tomorrow and then we got oh yeah home oklahoma city home spurs home 
uh, Kings, and then All-Star break. So that's four more games here. I mean, I feel like you got to win all these games. Maybe maybe at least go three and one. Because uh, then you come out of the All-Star break, and it's Hawks, Grizzlies, at Miami, at Hawks, Bucks, at Sixers. So, like, you got to win at least three of these games and ideally four to bank some wins because this Mar- the March schedule is about to get just much more difficult uh, because that's when you worry about falling down the standings for sure. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, it's time to bank some wins and we'll see what they do on the bio mark. We got a couple, uh, what do we have here? Tristan Thompson talking about that. Uh, we've met, we've brought up him. Like, I have no idea, like, how much Tristan Thompson has left. I feel like he'd, I mean, he's, I can't imagine he's much worse than Tony Bradley at this point. I mean, we know he's got great experience, um, and, uh, is active on the boards, and I feel like the Bulls could use a guy like that. So if Thompson, if Tristan Thompson still has some juice there, I would absolutely take him. I'm sure that'll be there will be some competition there. Saw some people talking about Moses Brown. Moses Brown killed the Bulls in a game last year, didn't he? Or was that yeah. someone else? I feel like he had a couple really random big games. I think he just got waved by. I'm not even sure who he got waved by, but maybe another name there. We mentioned Bembry here. Uh, I mean, I guess Dragic. Supposedly the Bulls are interested. We uh, once he was he's going to the Spurs and going to get bought out in that Thad Young trade. It's I would guess Dragic is going to get is going to go to the Mavs, but the Mavs traded for Spencer Dinwiddie. Will that impact that at all? I'm not sure. Dragic is another guy. I'm not really sure how much he has left in the tank. Millsap is kind of like that as well. But I mean, Dragic did play really well for the Heat the last couple of years, so they really could use guards. And I'm again, he can't be like any worse than Matt Thomas. What would you think about if the Bulls? The Bulls got Dragic. Yeah, I take Dragic. I think, you know, like you said, he's an upgrade over Matt Thomas, no doubt. Uh, I don't think you'd owe him minutes when everyone gets healthy. Right, yeah. So no, that's a no-brainer to me. He's like a plug-and-play guy over the next month. If you get someone like that, I'm into it. Yeah, for sure. I, I guess that is like for the, for the guards, I just want somebody in the backcourt now because I'm just – I, I mean, Levine played 40 minutes. I didn't even realize this until after the game. Zach played 40 minutes last night in a game. The Bulls were up, like, most of it. And there was a point where, he, where he, it looked like his back was bothering him. Io's hurt right now with a concussion. Like, I just don't want to run these guys into the ground over the next month or so waiting for these guys to come back. Like, Zach's already been dealing with so many injuries. Like, But he had to play 40 minutes last night because Matt Thomas can't do anything other than, like, hit the occasional jumper. Like, that's – I just, like, don't want to have to deal with that. That's why – I will take any decent warm bodies here, and that's why I wanted to see them do something at with a, with a smaller trade. Um, comment here from Mui said the issues at the front court depth slash four star could have been improved. The bio market has options for that. Yeah, what other are there any other good like forwards? I guess like Bembry could be one of those guys. Paul Millsap is a yeah, Millsap. I mentioned who knows? I mean, he was the Bulls, or he was second to the, or the Bulls were second to the Nets supposedly. I think it was like them. The Bulls, the Nets, and the Warriors looking at Millsap in the offseason. Like, I guess, I mean, yeah, I, I would take a couple of these guys. I guess then the question would be, I guess, who uh, you get rid of. I mean, obviously, Matt Thomas could go. Although, again, they don't have many guards. Like, I wonder who, who they would dump. This also, I was talking about Marco Simonovic on t- the timeline earlier today. And they just, like, I'm curious. Do you think they'll give him minutes at all? I think, is he just a total lost cause for this season? Because, they got a guy on a guaranteed contract who apparently just can't play. And I know he is a development guy, but like the fact that he can't play at all, like he, you like, is he that bad? We think like, it seems like he's had a few big games in the G league. So I'm really curious about what is going on there with Marco. I understand wanting to be patient, but like we're in a situation where the bulls really could use a big man. And this guy can't even get on the floor. 
and he's using a guaranteed contract. So I'm really curious what is going on with that. Do you have that 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 situation has been kind of grinding my gears for a while. And I know like people are like, you got to be patient with him, be patient. I get it. But it's like he can't play at all. I don't know. Just kind of the situation's really weird to me. If he can't play now, he's not going to be able to play this year, right? They got so many guys banged up. Right. He's really used another body in the front court. So my thing is like, Jace, who do you think is going to be the Bulls' reserve big man when Vooch is off the floor in the playoffs? And it will depend on the matchup, but I could run through the list of contenders here. You know, the Heat have Bam Adebayo, the Bucks have Giannis, the Cavs have Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Sixers got Embiid, uh, you know, the Raptors got Robert Williams. So it's like, what are the Bulls going to do when Vooch is off the floor at center in the playoffs? Is it going to be Patrick Williams who's going to be playing some five? I like that idea coming into the season. I also think that's a ton to put on Pat's shoulders yep. uh, as he's missed almost the whole year. He's still, what, 20, 21 years old. So that's a lot of responsibility. Are you going to play Tony Bradley, who's proven to be not good throughout this season? Are you going to play Derek Jones, who they kind of found lightning in a bottle with Jones at the backup five during the regular season? In the playoffs, that seems really scary. So to me, that's a big hole on the team. I'm pretty surprised they didn't attempt to at least patch it over for the rest of this year. I get that they didn't want to take on bad money, but like, what do you see happening with the big man rotation come postseason time? I don't know. I mean, I mean, yeah, the Pat thing I made that point is just like I like we like the idea of like the small ball, like getting super versatile Pat the five. But again, are you really he can't rebound? Are you really baking on Pat Williams playing center minutes in the playoffs when he's hasn't done that in the regular season? Really? Like that's that's just a really tough ask for him. And I mean, Jones, maybe Jones gets. But again, he's also small and and frail like. And that kind of stuff I think can work at times in the regular season, but I think that's just going to be a situation, especially against these teams. Some of these other teams in the East are huge. Uh, so I think that could be really tough. So yeah, they, they got to do something on the bio market. And I think they will, but even again, like, will you rely on those guys or is Vooch just going to have to play 35, some minutes, 35 to 40 minutes game in the playoffs. I know rotation shorten anyways. Um, they might. I mean, you just wor- do worry about the situations which we saw with the Sixers, like a co- in recent years, where you absolutely destroy it with your starters, and then Joel Embiid goes to the bench, and Vooch is no Joel Embiid, but Embiid lost, goes to the bench, and they basically lose series when when Embiid was on the bench. Luckily, the Bulls have, they have a good amount of talent, but if you if you just get crushed and when Vooch is off the floor in the playoffs, that's that's just really tough. So I don't know. I, I just I don't I don't know if the answer is on the roster right now. They might just have to. Hail Mary it with a buyout guy or just you break hope Pat comes back in March and you really try to work him up to speed and hope he comes along really fast because I just don't have a good answer for that right now. Yeah. And more than anything, dude, I am pretty disappointed. We're apparently still going to get more Matt Thomas minutes. (laughs) You have, you got to do something to get him out of the rotation. He's not going to give you anything in the future that he hasn't been giving you in the present. Right. And I know he's hitting like 41% of his threes so far this season. I believe he is, but uh, he's a one dimensional guy who isn't potent enough at that one dimension to warrant a roster spot. So I thought the Bulls were going to do anything freaking get Matt Thomas out of the road. 
happen. But that didn't happen. Maybe they will be able to fill those needs on the buyout market. I'm going to plant my flag and say this will be a strong buyout market. It's like when people say it's a strong bubble for the NCAA tournament. What does it even mean? Who cares? Uh, They're going to need to make some moves still, I think. Because otherwise, after this stretch of five or four, whatever it is, before the All-Star break, the schedule starts to get tough again post-All-Star break. Zach has been, you know, a little hobbled. I sort of hope that he takes some time off for the All-Star break rather than, uh, you know, risk injury. And I I fully expect that he'll be out there in the All-Star game because I think it's meaningful to him. But, you know, they're they're in a scary spot right now with Caruso and Ball and Jones all out and no reinforcements on the way. Yeah, for sure. And looks like Cowley said the Bulls will be interested in Tristan Thompson. Again, makes sense. We talked about him. yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, Zach here had a good comment about that. Like, And was the East is just so bunched up right now. Like, Again, that's why they had these next few games. Got to win them. Got to bank those wins. Because if they do struggle in March and they go on another stretch here where they lose a few games, go on a losing streak, I mean, they could find themselves in, out, out of or into that play-in tournament. And then uh, who knows what happens there. So they just got to figure out a way. They're going to have to – the Stars are going to have to play really big. Uh, they're going to hopefully have to find somebody on this on this – market on uh, the bio market and we'll see so hopefully you are correct about the strong bio market hopefully that does come to uh come to fruition we'll see about that if you're a basketball junkie then you know there's no better time of year than the nba playoffs twice a week jj reddick is cooking on his podcast the old man and the three he has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else including devin booker on why he talks so much trash ray allen's epic free throw competitions with lebron in miami and the moment tyrese halliburton knew pascal siakam would be a good fit in indy in addition to player interviews every monday jj breaks down the top three things happening around the nba with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes and is often joined by masterminds of the game like tim legler to dive deep on rookie reports trade breakdowns and why is mean mugging now a tech you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as jj does it on the old man and the three make this your companion podcast during the playoffs listen to the old man and the three ad free on wondery plus or wherever you get your podcasts Shifting another gear here, I'm just reading this Hoops Rumors roundup. I was uh, AK was asked about the luxury tax. Was the Bulls were pretty close, and considering the fact that they had this five million dollar trade exception from Daniel Tice, like I feel like if, I think if they took somebody into that and didn't trade anybody, I think they would have gone into the tax. And AK's answer was pretty awful, which leads me to believe that. Uh, it just made me think that Jerry is again just being a stickler with luxury tax. This is from Casey. He said on AKN if he would have felt comfortable presenting a luxury tax inducing trade ownership. And he said, I mean, a total dodge. There's a lot that goes into decision making, but we were happy with the group. What about in the future? For the past nine months, we were pretty aggressive with this group. We were all about winning. When the opportunity presents itself, we will evaluate that. I mean, AK is pretty close to the vest, anyways, in general, but that just gave me bad. Bad flashbacks to recent years when we would rip about the Bulls being cheap and not paying the tax. I did not like that answer at all. It could mean absolutely nothing. Maybe the Bulls will pay the tax because they're going to have to pay Zach at some point. There was a question also in here about Zach and like re-signing their plans after uh, – what does someone ask about the trade deadline say about their plans after a theoretical Zach re-signing? I don't know about that. We'll see what 
if they, I'm assuming they will pay Zach, but we'll see what uh, they do with this luxury tax stuff because they will be kind of, I think, getting close to it. So, Ricky, what did what did you make of those luxury tax comments today? Yeah, I heard that. I mean, I don't think that there was any way that you're going to get a straight answer out of that, right? Yeah. I don't even think the Reinsdorfs know if they're willing to pay the luxury tax yet. I think they want to see where the team finishes this year, what they're actually getting to go into the luxury tax. So that was an annoying answer just because you would love to hear, yeah, I have assurance that, you know, they're going to do whatever it takes to build the best team possible. Right. But that also is kind of unrealistic, I think, given the history of ownership. So it's totally possible they will pay the luxury tax. They're going to get really expensive really soon here, especially once Io and Kobe come up for new deals. That's why I thought it could have been an interesting time to trade Kobe, just because, like, are you really going to pay him? He's probably going to earn at minimum a $50 million deal, I would guess. I don't know. There's still probably a lot of variance in what he could sign for, uh, you know, that'll probably be determined mostly in the playoffs this year. If he catches fire in a couple playoff games, he's probably looking at a big deal. So I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, I hope the Bulls pay the luxury tax because I think they're pretty close to a contender, but I, I don't think that we could reasonably expect to get a straight answer on that yet. Yeah, the Kobe thing, and we talked about this on our trade deadline PV pod, I think, and someone brought this up to me just now on Twitter, that if uh, like if the Bulls actually were mostly healthy, like if Lonzo and Caruso were playing right now, that Co- I, it would not surprise me if Kobe would have been traded for um, a front court upgrade. But I think they were... I would guess they were concerned that if you do trade Kobe now, like literally your backcourt then is what exactly? Again, if you would have if you would have traded Kobe, I would assume that they would have tri- tried much harder to then make another move uh, for backcourt help, or again address it on the on the buyout market. But def- definitely would have been a concern if you move Kobe for front court. It's like who the hell is your? It's you'll have a lot of Matt Thomas or whoever you bring in the bio market. So I would guess there was some concern there. AK also did reference the continuity that they made a bunch of big moves last off season. They wanted to build some continuity, this team, which I do kind of get, but I also kind of throw that away when you're right now, your continuity off the bench is absolute garbage. And I feel like making small moves to improve on that garbage could have been very helpful here, but uh, I guess it is what it is right now with this. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about potentially Kobe going off in the playoffs just because having sort of like a high variance scorer like that, who's a good catch and shoot guy who could get up threes with volume, I do think could be really useful for the playoffs, especially for a team that doesn't have a lot of high volume three point shooters. When defenses key in more on DeRozan and Zach, especially, uh, you know, trying to prevent them from getting middle within 12 feet of the basket. Uh, I think, you know, someone like Kobe could be in for a a possibly big playoff run. And really, they're relying on him now. That's what this trade deadline tells me is that, all right, for the Bulls to win multiple series in the playoffs. And I think that's a reasonable goal, given where the team was when it was healthy this year. They're going to win multiple series. They're going to be relying on Patrick Williams coming back and giving them positive minutes. They're going to be relying on Kobe White being a consistent offensive threat for them and being at least solid defensively. He has improved defensively. The pressure is going to continue to be on Kobe, I think, to hit his shots and to be a good defensive player in the playoffs. And then Tony Bradley. Is Tony Bradley really going to be your answer at the five? I expect them to pick someone else up. uh, And then the onus will fall on that person. But 
It just seems like as of right now, there's a lot of weight on the shoulders of Pat, Kobe, Tony Bradley. I'll throw Derek Jones in there too. Yeah, I mean, just bringing up Jones as well. I think we we also talked about this recently. I do have some concerns about power forward in the playoffs as well. Uh, just because, again, it's – I mean, will they start Javante? Will they start Pat when he's back? I guess I'm not totally sure, but – I think come playoff time, those guys are going to be left alone. We know Pat is a pretty decent shooter when he actually does shoot them. I do worry about with some of his hesitation issues. Like, are, the, are opposing defenses just going to totally leave those guys alone? I mean, Jones as well. He's not a good shooter. So whoever's playing the four, like, are the, the Bulls going to be playing like five on four? Uh, and like, just like I said, loading up on Zach and Demar and Vooch. Obviously, those guys are really good. Uh, I do just, wor- I do kind of worry about those guys being weak links offensively in the playoffs. We'll see again a lot, of, which just goes back to just having putting a lot on Pat, on Jones, and then even on Javante as well. Like we love, we've loved Javante. Having five Javantes out there is great. We we love the effort he brings. But in a playoff series, if Javante's your starting four, like I I don't. Don't love that at all. Yeah. Love him as an energy bit, energy guy off the bench. Um, obviously, with Pat back, they'll limit the Javante minutes somewhat. So if he's struggling, you get him out there. We have Jones or Pat as well. So the depth's a little better there. But I feel like it would have been really nice. To hopefully, get, it would have been nice to get someone a little better in there. Again, I'm not really sure what they could have gotten. I know with the guys we talked about, Jeremy Grant wasn't happening. They weren't trading Patrick Williams, it sounds like. So Grant wasn't happening. It sounds like like Harrison Barnes wasn't going anywhere. So guys or any other of those like big-name power forwards just seemed like wasn't going to be in the cards. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of pressure on those guys to step right. up. So, so we got a doomerism comment from our boy Chris, longtime <laughs> listener. Thank you for the comment, and thank you for listening, Chris, who said this is a clear one-and-done season. There's four teams better than the Bulls. Unless they play the Cavs, they're losing in the first round. So I sort of disagree with that because I think the Bulls at full strength are absolutely in the mix for the best team in the conference. And I think the Nets pretty much knocked themselves out of title contention this year with their move today. Now, reasonable people can disagree with that, but I thought the Nets had a chance to win the championship this year with with uh, Harden and Durant fully healthy, fully engaged, and then you get Kyrie for the road games. I still thought that team had a chance to win the title. Now I do not think the Nets are going to win the title. I'll take my chances playing the Nets in the playoffs if I'm the Bulls because you don't know what you're going to get yeah, out of Simmons if you're Brooklyn. I'm not saying the Bulls are going to be the favorite to win that series, but yeah. I would take my chances with that. Like Chances, not, yeah, for sure. I'm not too I, scared of Brooklyn. I, like Seth Curry is good for them, but Joe Harris is likely to be out for the year. Kyrie's not playing in home games. You got Durant, who's amazing and totally incredible in the playoffs. Best player in the series. One of the best player, in the, best player in, the, in the NBA. But, but you know what? If they if they match up with them, I'm not too scared. So I am scared of the Bucks. The Sixers. I mean, the Bulls have not beaten Joel Embiid, and they now have James Harden, a motivated James Harden, maybe. <laughs> Think so? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Harden and beat, I think, will probably give the Bulls absolute nightmares. I think the Sixers would probably beat. I don't want to say they'd beat the Bulls' ass, but the the fact that the Bulls are zero and three against them, this last game doesn't mean as much. But they can't stop Embiid, and now they have James Harden too, and they have Maxi, and they keep Matisse Thybulle, who absolutely owns Zach Levine. I would not expect the Bulls to beat the Sixers in a series. And then you got Miami, Miami, who I think the Bulls would be an underdog to in the series. But I think that, you know, potentially the Bulls could maybe beat them in a series. I wouldn't think the Bulls are drawing dead in that series at all. I would think that they would have a good chance at least. So 
I think the Bulls can win a series this year. My question to you, Jason, and to anyone listening, what, like, what's your ranking for teams you want to avoid and teams you'll, you're willing to face? Because there's, you know, the East, this is as good as the East has been since MJ retired. There's not going to be any easy series out there on the board. I'm willing to take my chances with the Nets, which might be totally insane because we saw Durant <laughs> go omega nuclear mode against the Bucks in the playoffs last year. But I don't want the Bulls to play Philly, and I'm worried about the Bucks. So curious what you think are the matchups that you want to avoid. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about it now, like a lot of them aren't <laughs> – like in the playoffs, I don't know. The Bulls, like I really like uh, the Bulls just with having Zach and Demar. I think in the playoffs, those two guys being able to score in the half court, I think will be huge. Z- Zach will be interesting just because he's never been in the playoffs. We know he sometimes can get a little, a little, uh, little out w- w- when the pressure, a little jumpy, a little rickety once the pressure when the pressure rises up. It'll be interesting to see how he responds to playoff pressure. But theoretically, like having those two is great. Having the defensive stoppers is great. So like the Bulls, I think, have a, a chance against like all pretty much all these teams, maybe except I don't know the Sixers. I, uh, I feel like that's a lose lose trade for the Bulls today. We'll see how Simmons does. It'll probably be a few weeks for him to come back. But if Simmons does actually like in, in, uh, get in there and like is playing well defensively, and you have Simmons. Ky- uh, D- Katie and even like half of Kyrie. I mean, that's going to be really tough. Uh, and they have, they have what Seth now they have Dr- Drummond. Who's another big guy. I mean, the bulls Drummond, I mean, Drummond looked watching him in that Sixers game the other day. I mean, Drummond is just a giant man. Uh, so but yeah, Sixers brutal bucks have Giannis defending champs, big team. They just got Serge Ibaka. I don't know how much he has left, but that, I mean, that's obviously tough. The heat are just really well coached. Really deep. They have shooting. Jimmy, bam. I mean, that's really tough. And then, like, so the Cavs are interesting just because I, I feel like the Cavs are they're they're young, obviously, but the, the size I think could be a problem. We'll see how Garland handles playoff pressure, but I think the Levert thing really helps them, even though I think Levert's kind of overrated. So I'm just like going down this list that Zach just put here, and like, like a lot of them, I just like don't love how the Bulls. I, I, a lot of it just come, does come back to the front court. Like I would like to see it, and how Pat comes back and how I could, I would love to see a front court upgrade. Again, I could, I could see the bulls beating almost any of these teams, but a lot of them are looking just a lot scarier now with the Raptors playing so much better. Uh, they've just been kind of a pain in the ass. The Celtics playing better. I still don't know if I trust the Celtics at all. It seems like when pressure really ramps up on them, they fall apart. So I'd feel somewhat confident against the Celtics in a series. Yeah. Cavs, I think they would beat them too, even though I don't love the matchup. The matchup. And then those other four, it's just going to be really tough. I mean, all these teams are so close together. Uh, it's going to be a bloodbath in the East. Totally. Um, what do we got? Is there anything else here? I haven't seen any other like reports. We have any other questions? If anyone wants to come up and has has a comment themselves, thank you so much for the comments in the chats. Um, all good. I'm pretty much. I think I've pretty much got all I've had to say off my chest here. Ricky, you have anything else? Yeah, I'm good too. Said so if anyone here, we go. We got we got a uh, we got Mewy Mewy Abby would like to speak. So here we go. What's up, Abby? Well, I accepted that, didn't I? Oh wait, let's try this again. Here we go. What up, Abby? Hey, long time no see. How's it going, my friend? Uh, do doing well. Jumped on the Bulls hype train, so uh, 
recent listener, first time recent listener, first time caller here. Appreciate Love it. it. Uh, so I understand the buyout market is basically like offering expiring contracts from bad teams. And uh, I, I looked at like a, a couple lists out there, including the, uh, what was it, uh, Hoops Rumors or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it looks as though it, there's there's options, not good ones, but <laughs> options better than theoretically Troy Brown Jr. or uh, Hill, maybe, uh, uh, to just to get them off the rotation completely. But these players did just play off their... Uh, off their mind in um, in garbage time the other day. I don't want to curse on the pod. Um, so, like, the solution long-term, though, is, like, next year you still have DeRozan, theoretically, maybe, uh, and, like, Levine. What, what, is the, what is the long-term out of this? Uh, because everybody's thinking about this year, but you're going to have – you have the logjam in the front court – or in the back court – and the front court, you're just hoping Pat turns out. What is the long term? Are there like free agents they're thinking of long term? I know AK is pretty quiet about it, but like, do you, what are what are you looking into in your crystal ball? Yeah, love it. Great question. The first thing I'm going to say is the main objective for the Bulls this offseason is going to be re-signing Zach Levine. He is a top two or three free agent. He might be the number one free agent now that Harden's taking his player option. Bradley Beal. Kyrie Irving are also free agents. I'm going to have Zach number one on my free agent list. So hopefully the Bulls can re-sign him to a you know long-term max deal, lock in that Levine piece for their future. And then, you know, this is an interesting question because when, I, when I've been talking to friends about, you know, should the Bulls trade Patrick Williams at this trade deadline, I really do feel like given the fact that the Bulls are out their 2023 pick, they're out their 2025 pick, and because of the Stepien rule, they can't really trade any of the even number year picks that their only meaningful way to improve the team is going to be to either trade Kobe, trade Patrick Williams or trade Io. And, you know, ideally, you'd like to keep all three of those guys and add someone on top of them in the front court. But uh, that's probably not going to be possible. So the avenues the Bulls will have to improve the team is they'll have their first round pick this year. Uh, they're not going to be able to trade that. And then they'll have some tradable guys. And then I believe, Jason, they'll be over the cap but have a mid-level exception. So that's going to really be the only room they have to add a piece. Is that correct? Um, That sounds about right, I would think. I'd have to look at their, their uh, sale situation again. Exception. But, yeah, like basically they're going to be over the cap if they sign Zach. And, yeah, they just don't have a ton of assets because Garpax managed the team very poorly for the 10 years before AK took over. AK's done a great job turning around the team, but now they're sort of counting on their young players of Kobe and Io and Patrick Williams to sort of take the next step. And if they don't, those guys could be traded for veterans who could help more immediately, or maybe those guys continue to develop and become you know, positive, consistent contributors to the team. So that's sort of what I see in terms of the long-term outlook is you try to re-sign Zach and then you figure everything else out. I guess yeah. that makes a lot more sense when it comes to like not making a decision now, because then you're like, he's basically hoping his previous, AK's previous moves already are like going to pay off in the future. Like when these guys are getting these minutes, when they get down to the reduced roles, hopefully they're improved. 
And like th- that makes a little bit more sense long term, especially given the moves they've already made. But also, I can I can definitely see where like everybody's just wanting to win now because they're really good now. So it, it's it's really tough. I do. That's why the guy gets paid millions of dollars, and <laughs> I'm going to get some groceries now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for the the comment, the question. Good stuff. Uh, I guess I'll chime in with what I'm thinking here. And you do. And I think one of my things about trying to win as much now is just DeMar's season. Uh, DeMar is what? 32. He is having the best season of his career. Can he, how much longer will he do this? I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's going to fall off all of a sudden next year, but he is again, he's having the best season of his career right now. Like kind of cut almost catching lightning in a bottle. So one of the reasons why I was kind of more or why I am kind of like, Right now, I would like to see them win. When it comes to like in the off season, besides the Zach stuff, I really like I I think they'll probably pick between Zach or Kobe and Io, and I feel like they would pick Io at this point. I think he's just kind of a better overall player. I I think so. Like I mean, Kobe's extension eligible this off season. Like, are you going to pay Kobe to be your fifth guard? I don't think so. I feel like they just need. Help need a bit more help in the front court. And Kobe is, you mentioned, they just don't really, if you're relying on Pat to take a leap, and that's why, like, him getting hurt is just such, so tough because it sets back his development. So you just like, that just really hurts in terms of like how much better he could be soon. So then, yeah, when you don't have many draft picks to trade, it's basically Pat and Kobe. And if Kobe's going to be your fifth guard, again, I get why they didn't trade him now. I could very easily see them trading him in the offseason depending on what happens with the rest of this season, for sure, to help in that front court. Yeah, and then the rest of it's just kind of development. You hope Io keeps getting better. You hope Lonzo keeps getting better. Zach, I think Zach, Demar, and Butcher all we kind of know what they are at this point. Yeah, and you hope Pat takes a leap next season if you don't trade him. So that'll be – that's I, th- I, don't, I, I don't really see them – unless unless like this really goes downhill this season, I mean, maybe you're in a situation where you trade Vucevic for something, you just really shake something up and – uh, if it does go downhill, I'd at least be open to it. Vooch is going to be an expiring deal next season, uh, making a reasonable amount of money. So it's not like he's like a big, horrible contract or anything like that. So, uh, But I think that's like a, like a worst-case scenario situation where if things go really bad, maybe you look into trading Vooch because he has been much better lately, looking a lot more like the all-star the Bulls traded for. So I, I don't really want to get into anything like that crazy. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see just how, the, how they uh, – I think a lot of it could depend on just how the rest of the season goes before they – uh, make their decisions for next offseason and, and beyond. Um, nobody else has any thoughts here. I think I said I'm done here. If anyone else wants to come up and speak, Ricky, anything else? Otherwise, yeah, let's wrap it up. I we'll wrap it up here. We've been going for a while here. Uh, thank you, as always, to all the listeners. we got a good crowd in here. Always fun to talk trade deadline, even though the Bulls did not make any moves here. <laughs> Much different than last trade deadline where they were kind of shocked the world with their stuff. So, we still have to see how this all goes. Definitely disappointing outcome here with no with no moves here. But we'll again we'll scour the bio market, see if they do or are, are able to make any upgrades there. We got a few games left before the All Star break here. Uh, again, got to win these. They got I think what three four games left as I mentioned. They're all basically home games against other teams uh, or against against bum teams for the most part. So go win some games before the All Star break. Enjoy the All Star break, and then we'll have to have to uh, sit back and strap it down for this for this March coming up. So hopefully it'll be a, a bit more fun than we've seen recently. The last couple weeks have been kind of a bummer with these injuries and the defense just being bad. So hopefully they can put together another winning streak here, and that'll be it. Thanks again, every everybody, for listening. 
Uh, not sure when our next pod will be again. We'll probably try to do some more of these green rooms as the rest of the season goes on. So this has been Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Shout out to the Blue Wire and shout out to all our listeners and people contributing. We'll talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.